so wow 15 years um 15 years of god's faithfulness 15 years of some of the same people uh edward uh was texting me yesterday saying that he should get some sort of long service award because uh, uh, him and Sue came to the church after the um, after the tent mission. Um, and uh, uh, so it's, uh, well, does he get long service or do we get long service for being with him? Uh, and uh, so some of us um, have been with us the entire journey. Um, I've got photos from the uh, uh, first year birthday um, where there's quite a few familiar faces and there's other ones that you go, oh yeah, I'd forgotten they were around. So 15 years of God's faithfulness to our church, you know, keeping us going, keeping us on the straight and narrow, uh, keeping us doing what we should be and letting uh, things pass by uh, that we shouldn't be doing. So uh, when we started in 2005, uh, when we were sort of uh, looking to set up uh, we were confronted by a series of stories. There are there are at least three churches uh, before us, and I was kind of friends with um, the various people um, that were involved in them. And each had risen with sort of hopes and dreams, and then had failed. And 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 so we were ambitious with Bush, but there was also that circumspect. Well, this might not work, you know. Um, people have come before us and and failed to uh, establish a foothold in this community you know uh, uh, um, there are other communities that churches have been long serving but um, um, and even while I think I can think of a fourth church that uh, that didn't quite make it um, and so we knew it would be difficult we knew it wouldn't look like churches elsewhere uh, um, we guessed that we wouldn't have a, a multi-million pound campus uh, we guessed um, that we wouldn't have a uh, uh, a massive um, amount of staff we kind of thought you know it's going to look different here and we have to be uh, prepared for that but um, he has been faithful uh, and I believe and uh, hopefully you do too if you've uh, joined with us um, that he has advanced his kingdom through our efforts in Bewbush. Um they haven't been extraordinary you know um, no one's really died for their faith uh, we haven't um, haven't set uh, the world beyond Bubush on fire as much as we'd like, but but we have seen his kingdom come. We've seen new disciples. We've seen new disciples raised. Um, we've seen new disciples discipled. Um, we've seen uh, baptisms, which is always kind of my uh, high point of the year. You know, when you see um, someone not just say I confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, but they go for this. A bizarre enterprise of being taken into water and out of that uh, and it's such a uh, such a break from the norm I always feel it's a real testimony to someone's faith and what God has done them when they go through water baptism so we've seen lots of water baptisms we've seen uh, people who were far away from Jesus uh, come and recommit themselves to him you know they were wandering um, they not got on so well with other churches and then they sort of found um, our fellowship and 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 uh, sort of uh, come into their own and and not a measure of church but I, I think it's a sign of health that we've had some weddings and dedications as well I mean I was really pleased we've dedicated all our three kids uh, through Elon Bubush and uh, some of the biggest meetings is when uh, 
a, uh, a couple come delighted uh, forward with their uh, newborn and say, you know, we want to dedicate this to the Lord. We're not saying that this person is Christian, but we, we want to do everything in our power uh, to get them to love Jesus. And uh, we've uh, um, I've really enjoyed uh, the baptisms. We've, uh, we've ba we, at the beginning, we used to just baptise people in our parent church's building in Langley Green. Uh, if you go there now, it's a mosque, um, which is a little bit strange um, and a little bit uh, uncomfortable considering, but uh, we baptised people there. Uh, we baptised people um, at Little Hampton Beach and, um, or was it West Richmond? We've, we've, uh, we've, we've baptised some people at the beach, which was an experience. Um, and more recently, we've kind of settled um, in between sort of the very sterile baptism tank to the wild water of the beach. We've kind of settled to the lake. Um, and that perhaps that's why uh, uh, John the Baptist and Jesus settled for more sort of inland water. Um, we've also seen people baptised in the Holy Spirit. We're a Pentecostal church. Uh, Elim is a Pentecostal uh, uh, denomination. Climping Beach. Um, climbing beach, climping beach, I think Peter quite rightly uh, says. Um, and so um, we've seen people baptised um, in the spirit. We've seen people uh, baptised in the homes, you know, like privately. Uh, um, they've gone away um, and sort of become Christians and then uh, uh, come back to us. Like on the Sunday morning, go, something strange has happened to me at home. You know, I just started speaking in tongues and and... And that has been uh, going very well. Um, Peter really can't write climping. Autocorrect R. Um, but we, we've seen people baptised in the spirit in their home. We've also seen someone, I really enjoyed this, when they went up the front and we were, um, they were going to move on from our church to someone else and we prayed for them. And they were like, they started speaking in tongues and they were like, what was that? And they were baptised in tongues right in front of us. Um, and more recently, um, one of our number was uh, baptised on Christmas Eve. You know, they, they started praying for someone for uh, for someone that was sick and they started coming out with these strange languages that they hadn't learnt. Um, so uh, I love the fact that, you know, uh, we're not just a church, we're a church that enjoys the Holy Spirit and sees him move. Uh, we've seen missionaries sent out. Um, I mean, we haven't uh, solely sent them out on our own, but we've been... Uh, um, we paid uh, uh, a significant part in missionaries going to India. Uh, John and Heather Prentice, Macedonia. We supported uh, Angle and Zoki, and now we support the Moore family there. We sent uh, uh, Verena to Sudan, if you remember her. Um, we've supported the um, orphans in Haiti, and we sent Peter out there. Uh, we enjoyed sending Rachel over to Hong Kong, uh, um, and that was incredible. And we've enjoyed... Um, sort of blessing uh, the McKillops in Zambia who are doing an amazing work in Nyangombe um, Christian Centre. So that's a fantastic part of our story and we've had our funerals and God has been alongside us in our grief. We've had people come to Christ and then just as that parable of the sower said they sort of turned away from him through whatever uh, reason and, and we've been comforted as, as we've seen people seem to walk away from what promised so much. Um, we've had relapses into substance abuse 
um, of different kinds and uh, God has been there to sort of help us navigate that difficulty. Uh, we've seen the uh, the theft. We bought the uh, one of the first ever Nintendo Wii's in the land, brought that to a uh, festival and that was promptly nicked, promptly nicked by one of the guys from football. Uh, we saw our garage uh, broken into and all the gear nicked from that and thousands of pounds worth of stuff taken and lots of insurance documents. Um, on my run this morning, I ran past the garage just to check uh, that everything was intact, uh, actually. Uh, we've had like these false prophets that have denounced me in various different different moments, and we've had people that we've had to uh, say, you know what, um, you are damaging this fellowship, uh, and you can't uh, uh, come any longer. And uh, we've had false accusations, and I've spoken to the police and special branch from uh, uh, various different uh, moments, but, but God has been faithful. God has uh, been there for us. Um, it hasn't been the story that we thought it would be, hasn't been the story we would like it to be, but it seems to um, have followed God's own narrative. And uh, you know what? Uh, God is sovereign and he knows what he's doing. Um, and while God deserves all the credit, you know, and, and that's, uh, uh, we'll certainly um, give him that, um, I don't think it's too bad to just uh, acknowledge that we've lent a hand. You know, God has used us. Uh, God has been uh, with us. He has served through us. It's only been possible because Kevin can't do it on his own, you know, and uh, um, that would be a terrible church where that was. And everyone sort of come in and said, Kevin, you're wrong there. Kevin, we need to do this instead of what you're up to and corrected me and, and, and lent a hand and done new things. And uh, um, people have given money. You know, we are, we're still in credit with the bank, which is an incredible phenomenon. Uh, we've just actually um, started giving again to a couple of charities. Uh, one of them would stop giving because we didn't have enough. Uh, people have worked hard, you know, sort of setting up church to eight o'clock in the morning to uh, set up for a couple of hours. Um, and made it fun and exciting, you know, bring your kids, you know, you, um, you may have been a horrible week and uh, the last thing you want is, uh, is church to make life more complicated. You bring them and there's a sense of joy and laughter and sense of community and uh, excitement and it's, it's really good and uh, everyone deserves, you know, a, a pat on the back to some extent for joining in and we've now is survived uh, the move into three different venues. You know, we went from our house uh, to the uh, Bubish Academy, from the Bubish Academy to Waterfield School and from Waterfield School we've now moved uh, into the uh, barn. Um, and we've now filled our calendar, our church calendar, with different things that are very bubishified. We've got um, Testimony Sunday, where we give a account of all the good things God has done through the year. We've got Resurrection Sunday, where we normally have this barbecue and an outreach and uh, this sense of celebration. Then we all head off to Big Church Day Out and baptise a couple of people and go and join tens of thousands of other Christians in celebrating Jesus. We have River Camp, where we all uh, load all this equipment that we don't need. Um, you know, we just need sort of a, a little bit of canvas, don't we? Um, but people seem to have added to that over the years and we've sort of spent five days together in the Cotswolds in differing weathers. We have our prayer night where people that are uncomfortable or slow with prayer have sort of chipped in and, and done uh, really well. Um, we've had uh, Wild Messy Church. That is a new thing. We are leaders in that. 
Um, and we have our great Christmas feast. You know, that has taken different appearances over the years. Uh, but Ruth Norcross has sort of faithfully ploughed in and, and Pete's um, always got some different gear uh, to try and make it different. Um, and this year we had, or so in 2019, we had this uh, more starters and finishers, sort of puddings and things. And, and that was delightful. And we had lots of visitors there. Um, and we've had our own busy lives. You know, um, I came to the church just uh, with me and my wife and, you know, we're able to dedicate a lot of time to the fellowship there. But then you have three kids and things become a little bit more tricky. Um, but nevertheless, we have done barbecues. We've done barbecues for uh, Bubish Community Primary School. And then when it came to the academy, we did a barbecue for them. We've done it for Waterfield School. We've done it for the uh, Bubish Festival. We've done it for the uh, nursery as well. And for a long time, we did burgers on the streets where we bought this van in and just fed 100 people uh, every month. And we were known as the God Burger uh, guys uh, for a long time. Um, and uh, we've given Christmas gifts to local kids and, and sort of blessed the schools and different things. And we've hosted outreaches. Uh, perhaps you remember Food for the Body, Food for the Soul. And we've had these international speakers and ex-criminals and the jellyfish man. And, uh, and there was one uh, lady and her dad was a, a transvestite. And just all these different stories that people would never ever heard of uh, unless it was for our testimony. Uh, we've helped out the Lighthouse Project. We've helped out the Easter team. We've helped out street pastors and we've helped out Street 360. And I got to preach at one of their meetings and we've had uh, uh, one of our guys sort of plough into streetlight as well. Um, and so later, um, we'll hear from uh, six different friends with different messages of happy birthday. Because you see, so we may not be the quite the, the mark on the church map that I'd always envisage. You know, Kevin Taylor's International Ministries, Elin Bubush Church International. Uh, uh, we certainly have worked hard and we've got a distinctive flavour uh, and uh, uh, people have always enjoyed uh, seeing what we're doing because I think we may uh, make up for lacks of some things with just noise and enthusiasm and passion. Um, and later we'll reveal the uh, winners of the uh, colouring competition. Um, and someone's even sort of put together uh, this uh, video of past moments. I have actually got a 40 question uh, quiz um, of church history, um, but that might be a bit too much. We'll have to see how time uh, goes. Um, Anyway, so this week, um, if you've paid attention, we've launched a new community Bible reading plan. So we've gone through, um, we've gone through uh, Acts, um, and uh, uh, now we're going on uh, to something else. Uh, go to our website, pick it up, print it out, start ticking it off, um, because we're already on Matthew chapter seven, and we're going on. Um, and my hope and prayer um, is that each one of us in our fellowship reads one chapter of the Gospels every day for 90 days. It seems quite a commitment, but one chapter is really not that much. And it is important. It's not like uh, um, something, an optional extra that you can um, dip into the Bible if you fancy. It's important to uh, uh, read scripture. Um, and so I just encourage you, uh, every one of you, Open up your Bibles, go through the reading plan, come with us through the Gospels, one chapter uh, a day. Um, and I hope that we rise to the challenge because we'll, at the end of it, have read all four Gospels um, by the end of 90 days as a community. And that would be pretty cool. 
Um, it would be good for us individually, be good for the whole church that we're all familiar again with these gospel stories. And it should be um, good for the people of Bubush uh, too. Familiarity with God's word is so important. It is lifeblood to us. Um, if you were going through the plan already, um, on Thursday, uh, we read this. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Um, the new series we are uh, watching on our Tuesday complements this uh, uh, journey through the Gospels. We're watching uh, the sort of crowdfunded £10 million budget, uh, The Chosen, um, and that should really connect us with the Gospels and with the sermon and, and, and just take us through the life again. And I always feel like I'm coming home when I go through the Gospels. You know, the, the, the theology uh, of the New Testament is fantastic and the history of the Old Testament is glorious. But there's something about the Gospels, the, the simple stories, the parables, the actual life and words of Jesus uh, uh, that just seem really uh, nourishing. And so we watched the first half of the first episode of The Chosen and you could really just feel um, the just the uh, malevolent and... Um, what was it, menacing sort of oversight of the Romans. You know, these Jews were trying to practice their faith and uh, you start to see some of the disciples or people that are going to be disciples coming in. And then you've got just this oppressive Roman regime who is apathetic about their God and just tired of this backwater regime. And and so that's some, an insight and I got that in the first 20 minutes. So we're really looking forward to all eight full episodes. And... Um, so um, that's kind of where we are and, and I hope you're with us and up for it um, and uh, you're going to enjoy this new season. So I want, if you've got a Bible, um, to read with me uh, a bit that we've already read, read, read this week uh, in Matthew chapter 5. And uh, again, thank you for all the, uh, the, the comments and the thumbs up. And it says this, Matthew uh, chapter 5. says this nice simple reading you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men this is nonsense okay salt is salty you can't have unsalty salt it is its very nature um, and, and, and so Jesus is being almost ludicrous here. If salt loses its saltiness, what's it good for me? Salt isn't salt if it's not salty. And he goes on. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Again, that's ridiculous. That's nonsense. You don't light a lamp and then cover it. You don't hide it. The whole point of light is to light. And light isn't light if it's not lighting. Uh, and it's uh, and it goes on. Uh, so people uh, don't light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Amen. This seem, verse seems uh, perfect for us today um, as we remember our fellowships uh, saltiness and its light. Now, before Elam Bubish, sort of before 2005, people of Bubish were blessed by churches elsewhere. Um, 
there were uh, other churches that sort of reached into this community trying to touch it. I mean, we prayer walked it before uh, we started the church and uh, uh, many of us were uh, enjoyed bit meeting at Langley Green Church. And uh, um, so Bubish was blessed by other churches before we came along. But in 2005, we wanted the community of Bubish not just to see other churches but to experience it to have church thrust in their face and say it is real and we're coming for you um, to be confronted firsthand by a group that lived day to day that were their neighbours that were their uh, uh, um, sort of uh, companions in life and, and so that they would know uh, Christians sort of 24-7 uh, and I wanted to read our um, I don't know, mission statement, purpose, whatever one you want to call it. Um, it says this, uh, that we, we wrote very early on um, in our church life. And it says, in May 2005, we founded a new community in Bubish because we wanted everyone living here to see Jesus and all that he has done for us. We recognise that people are so often busy with daily living that they miss the eternal. Isn't that so true even today? And we were aware that if God was to get through, then things would have to be stirred up a bit. Just take a moment to think about that. We wanted God to stir things up. If he hasn't stirred things up right now, he would have to stir things up. And so this inspired our church's hope of seeing his spirit shape Bubish. We are committed to the local area I meet every Sunday at 10.30, first at the academy, then at Waterfield and now at the barn, um, as well as having a range of other community-focused activities. Everyone is welcome at Eden Church Bubish, and we invite you to meet with us and experience a disturbance of profound significance. A little bit wordy at the end, I do love uh, my words. Um, Hopefully you can hear that in that early purpose statement. Uh, these lofty echoes of Jesus' instructions that we're to be a light on the hill. We're supposed to make a difference. That other people around us are supposed to go, you know, that's the church. His followers are impacting my life one way or another. Uh, and the wider community should know we're there. Now, um, I didn't know it, but I looked it up the other day. But... Um, a favourite theme in mine is kind of where the hero kind of um, leaves behind uh, the sort of corrupting effects of society and sort of heads out into the wilderness. And uh, there's lots of books and stories like that. And apparently it's called pastoralism, um, uh, which is a term uh, new to me. And apparently I love pastoralism when it occurs in novels. Uh, I love Huckleberry Finn, you know, where he's restrained by society and he just want to kick off his shoes, wander barefooted and, and go down the stream uh, and fish for his food and not have sort of these start shirts uh, and everything else. And uh, another example of such a, a pastoral uh, novel is uh, Jack London's The Call of the Wild. Um, there was a film made recently of it. I haven't seen it. Um, I'm always a bit cautious about films um, from books. But it says this in uh, um, Jack London's Call uh, of the Wild. It says this. John Thornton asked little of man or nature. He was unafraid of the wild. It's that American macho, macho stuff. He was unafraid of the wild. With a handful of salt and a rifle, he could plunge into the wilderness and fare wherever he pleased 
and as long as he pleased. Being in no haste, Native American fashion, he hunted his dinner in the course of the day's travel, and if he failed to find it, like the Native Americans, he kept on travelling, secure in the knowledge that sooner or later he would come to it. So, on this great journey into the East, straight meat was the bill of fare, ammunition and tools principally made up, the load on the sledge, and the time card was drawn upon the limitless future. That's a great book. Um, and uh, in it, you have this John Thornton. He is the wilderness man. He is self-reliant man. He is uh, 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 the guy that's going to survive. Um, and he doesn't need much to live off the land. You know, the sweat of his brow and the strength of his arm. Um, and anyone that sort of watched sort of Raymere's or Bear Grylls uh, with a, a degree of uh, wistfulness can perhaps... Uh, 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 sympathizing, oh, I'd quite like to be John Thornton. He sounds like a man of man, a hero of heroes. Um, and, and in this book, um, I find it really interesting. We just find he needs two things. He needs a gun and he needs salt. I wonder if you were challenged with living out in Buckham Park for a month, what you would take. Well, uh, John Thornton, he would take a gun and he would take some salt. Now, I'm not going to explain the need uh, for a gun. Hopefully that's obvious. But the fact that salt was the thing, uh, uh, the next important thing that he needed, uh, and that sort of Jack London, who apparently was a hobo for a long time and knew what it was to survive in the wild, um, uh, that's what he needed. And um, I wonder if that's surprising to you. Just salt, salt and a gun, what is this? The thing is when life is precarious, the availability of salt is actually crucial. You know, we get told there's too much of it on our diet because salt is everywhere. But it actually, salt has two important qualities. It preserves and it seasons. Um, I was going to read you this other one of how uh, dolphin meat takes hor tastes horrible without salt, but I don't think we're going to have time. Um, and Jesus leans on the importance of salt in this kind of parable. Um, this uh, importance of salt these first century Palestinians would have known they would have known that salt was critical for life and he says my followers disciples you should be like salt you should be crucial for the communities that you live in in fact Jesus implies that if Christians are not salty you are not Christians if you are not changing things then you are not Christians you are not what you say you are. And we're not going to go into that uh, uh, too far. I want to read a uh, just a, a way of uh, unwrapping this a bit further. If you've got a Bible, turn to Mark chapter 9. Oh, I really hope this is going to be a short sermon, but um, I was supposed to have finished by now. Um, Mark chapter 9. Just the excitement and passion of 15 years just too much makes the sermon go on and on um mark chapter 9 verse 50 salt is good say that to your doctor salt is good it says it in the bible um but if it loses its saltiness how can you make it salty again have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other jesus is saying that the peaceful christian is a salty Christian. 
Now, peace is not just a lack of conflict. You know, Jesus is not saying you're salty if you don't have regular punch-ups with your neighbours. That's not what he is conveying. The, the idea of peace in Jewish culture is a lot bigger. Um, the idea of shalom, this sort of great Jewish word that we may be uh, acquainted with, it, it's a lot more than just a lack of fighting. Um, it's used to present like God's reconciliation with the earth. It's represented wholeness and wellness and uh, goodness. Friends, we who make up Elam Church Bubish hopefully love Jesus and enjoy his Holy Spirit. And we are to enjoy that in our communities. And our communities should find the peaceness, the peacefulness that we have, the shalom of God in our lives, um, helpful to them. And they should find us, we're not um, contesting for self-worth. We're not fighting for significance. These things are already set in place by our king. And so we can be loving to a fault. We can be gentle without the need to have a conflict. We can be hopeful no matter what the circumstances, no matter what a pandemic or war or uh, famine comes our way, we can be hopeful and we can be generous because our oh, God in heaven owns cattle on a thousand hills. And so we can be these things to this community and it can be preserved and nourished by it. We live in a world full of division and violence. We have this self-reliance narrative. We have a materialistic ambition. And our words, our lives, our values challenge that. And it challenges it to the core. And uh, we bring God's shalom to other people's lives. And suddenly they see things differently. Many people on our estate have the technical means to scratch um, by living. You know, they've got a roof over their head and some sort of food in their cupboards. But that is not what life is about. It's more than that. Uh, Jesus says, you know, it's every, it's every word of uh, uh, God that comes from God's mouth. And uh, it, we bring seasoning and colour and we go beyond just surviving to thriving, going beyond just uh, um, subsisting to living uh, a full life. And Jesus says when he's the gate, I introduce you to full life. You know, I, I don't just introduce you to life with a bit of religion on the side. And I love the fact, and this has been really recently, that while the world at large has looked just to survive the coronavirus, you know, they're just getting by, they're treading water. There's been um, all, pe all manner of people in our fellowship that have tried different things to try and bless other people. Uh, we had uh, a few of us go out. Um, so Alistair and Kev and Pete and Sam gave out a load of lunches, um, sort of... Uh, on the request of the school. Um, we painted a load of stones and done a little uh, caterpillar outside the uh, barn. And we've seen other children add to it. And I, I was speaking to someone um, on Friday and they were like, oh, well, that was a great idea. We're gonna definitely um, add to that. Um, we've given uh, lifts to hospitals. We've given out leaflets. Um, you know, 
um, said, you know, if people want prayer, we'll pray for them. And then I've certainly prayed for people on their requests that would never ask for it in other times. We've given out activity bags. Um, we've done video messages for each other. Um, and uh, uh, we've had even commissioned this uh, brilliant colouring in sheet of our church, which uh, um, I've actually got a few versions stuck up on my wall um, up in my study. Now, the, the second verse that illustrates saltiness can be found in Colossians chapter 4. So the, this is the last page, if you're wondering how long a long sermon is. Um, Colossians chapter 4, and it says this. Um, Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everybody. Again, we find saltiness is related to our conduct in public. We uh, live out our faith in the face of non-believers they watch us they say are you are you different uh, I am already happy with what's going on in my life but do you bring something new some Christians are all about personal holiness you know they become incredibly inward looking uh, and critical of their own behavior and it's all about blocking out the unclean world and sort of living isolated but we in Elam Bubush were always set up right at the beginning to see God's kingdom uh, take this place by storm through shaking rattling and rolling bringing the sort of Pentecostal uh, church and change things to cause people to stop in their tracks and say these guys lives are different in Colossians we are advised not only to be loving and kind and generous, all this shalom goodness. But we're also encouraged to be wise, to be gracious. Outsiders should be able to watch us and listen to us and learn how to do life. You know, it's often no good without God, but they should be able to watch us and learn things um, that they won't learn from other people. It is good to cook for them. It is good to serve them practically. But they also need the wisdom of God. At a very basic level, we need to talk about our faith. At a very basic level, we need to give a reason for the hope within. And, and uh, the letter, first letter of Peter talks about that. And, and uh, hopefully we'll get round to that uh, at some point when uh, this coronavirus is uh, sort of calmed down. Um, but we need to talk about the hope we have. And that's our bottom line. And when we share that, when God's wisdom becomes our wisdom and then our wisdom is shared, that is us being salty. But beyond this, there's quite a lot. We need to be godly in our behaviour. We need to be careful in our language. You know, how many people are careless in their language? And we as Christians are different. 
There are certain words that we will not say. There are certain sentiments that we will not back up. We need to be um, clear about the uh, um, propriety of sexual activity, where and where it isn't appropriate. We need to be clear about the uh, governance of our money and what is a good use and what is a bad use of our money and our time. And other people should look in and suddenly realise everything they do has the chance to be used for good or for evil. And you see, not only have people learned to love Jesus through our testimony, but we have seen behaviours and conducts change. People's values have suddenly done um, a 180 as they've realised God's will in their life is different to what they thought. That the lies they've been told about the world are not true. And people have become not destructive but creative in how they view their relationships, in how they view their work, in how they view their money, in how they view their bodies. And when we speak and live well in these things, we help keep our neighbours from corruption and destruction. And that is saltiness. Now, one of the, uh, coming into a land here, one of the things I love doing and that helps my faith, um, I realise it doesn't help everyone's, the thing that helped my faith is the uh, reading of thoughts of clever believers. You know, believers that are good thinkers and, 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 and can think in a, in a logical way. Um, I love the apologists, you know, lots of people have objections to Christianity, lots of people uh, um, have arguments of why it's not right, why it's untrue or why it's not quite what it says on the tin. Um, those that would dismiss Christianity with a, a, a wave of their hand. Um, and uh, one of these Christian apologists I like reading is a guy, a French author uh, called Blaise Pascal. Now I can't read it in its original uh, uh, French um, but I do like his writings and uh, his name Blaze, you may not believe this, it was on the top 10 list for our last child. Um, I found uh, an email just to sort of confirm that, this is not just me remembering conveniently uh, um, and uh, he was uh, on this, Blaze was on the uh, uh, last list um, for our youngest son's name. He didn't make it, um, which is Miles is probably dead pleased with, uh, but it says this in uh, Blaise Pascal's Pensies, and these like little thoughts that haven't been sort of uh, totally tied together. Um, it says this, you ready? Let man then contemplate the whole of nature in her full and lofty majesty. Let him turn his gaze away from the lowly objects around him. Let him behold the dazzling light set in an eternal lamp to light up the universe. Let him see the earth as a mere speck compared to the vast orbit described by this star. And let him marvel at finding this vast orbit itself to be no more than the tiniest point compared to that described by the stars revolving in the firmament. So we get this um, perspective of scale and he goes up and up and up it will grow weary of conceiving of things before nature tires of producing them. The mind will grow weary of things before nature tires of producing them. The whole visible world is only an imperceptible dot in nature's ample bosom. 
No idea comes near it. It is no good inflating our conceptions beyond imaginable space. We only bring forth atoms compared to the reality of things. Nature is an infinite sphere whose centre is everywhere and circumference nowhere. In short, it is the greatest perceptible mark of God's omnipotence that our imagination should lose itself in that thought. I love that. Just the light and looking at it and suddenly we get taken in to God's uh, size and uh, um, gloriousness. In this great argument uh, for God, Pascal says that the light of the sun helps us see our place in creation, but the stars testify to the ordained magnitude. You know, we suddenly see the light at our feet and, and the size of the universe, but the stars give us an even bigger picture of things. And that is the thing with light. It not only lets you information, gives you information about the place where you are, but it gives you perspective. Light brings this clarity of these circumstances, but it also gives us perspective in purpose. Let me read something from uh, John chapter 8. If you've got a Bible, turn to John chapter 8. Excellent. Um, Ophelia is listening. Um, hi, Ophelia. Good to see you. Glad you're enjoying Blaise Pascal. Um, one of uh, Barry's grandchildren, I think. So here we go. John, John chapter 8. John chapter 8 verse 12 and it says this when Jesus spoke again to the people he said this I am the light of the world whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life and then uh, in verse 35 it goes on Yeah, I haven't got it there. Um, There was another reference to light. Oh dear, awkward. Um, If we love Jesus and enjoy his spirit, we will shine forth his light, his truth. Through our lives, others will discover that they're living blindly, that they are using their money badly, that they're using their bodies badly, that they're using the riches of life that God has given them wrongly. And they'll realise that their morality is out of whack with creation and out of whack with their creator. And they'll realise that they're heading for eternal darkness. You know, they're living in darkness now and you know what, it ain't going to get better uh, once these uh, bodies uh, pass away. I am deeply gutted that the rest of Bubish hasn't turned to Jesus. You know, um, I haven't seen it before, but that was always our prayer that the whole of Bubish would suddenly uh, see these bunch of passionate Christians and just worship God. It hasn't happened yet. Um, and history's not full of whole communities, every single man, woman and child becoming a Christian, but it's still my hope for this place. 
I hope our public testimony will excite more and more people to become Christians. I don't know where we're going to put them. I don't know how we're going to meet. Um, but it's deeply gutting that people aren't seeing this. But this is my ambition and it still needs to be. People need the light of Christ in their lives. More even than food, drink and shelter. You know, often we can provide that so that they can see Christ. But um, knowing him is more important than anything else. And friends, as I close, I want us to remember that we are probably the only flavouring, the only preservative, the only perspective that our neighbours and community will get. We are the only salt and light that our neighbours and our friends will ever see and that is a massive duty and a massive responsibility and a massive privilege as well and it's up to us to step forth and stand up to that we are called and that has always been our hope that we live well publicly we are not trying to pray on the street corners and gain accolades for our spirituality but we are trying to draw attention to our saviour and the fact that he alone offers the words of life that he alone is salt and light please bow your heads and i'll pray heavenly father we are deeply grateful that you have chosen us for yourself we are deeply grateful that you saved us from blindness and darkness into light god i pray that we would be salt and light to Bubish. I pray that our activities, our words, our behaviours, our conduct, our values, our character would speak life. That people would find through us something that makes life worth living. That something that keeps life from corruption. Something that uh, makes the future more visible. And Lord God, that they would praise you because of what they see in Elim Church Bubish. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.